0: Hey everyone, I've got my box of tissues, my Kleenex ready for today because this is the final episode of my A to Z of musicals. And uh, I can't believe that I've reached letter Z actually, it's amazing. I've done 27 episodes, even though there are only 26 letters of the alphabet, because there were two for letter M and two for letter S because they were both so heavy with musical traits, but only one combined for X and Y, because X really was a bit of a a no-show, shall we say. Um, Anyway, we're here at Lesser Zed. Before I start, I want to just say a few thank yous. Thank you to my wonderful Twitter friends, Colin and Lilia and May and Elena, because you've been so supportive during um, my podcast. I really appreciate it. And to my lovely friends who've listened all the way through: Louise and Denise and B and Sharon and Jed, who's uh, working his way through. Uh, I really appreciate the support, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed putting the show together. So let's get started with the letter Z, or as we say in America, letter Z. My first letter Z musical theater genius is the American lyricist and director and producer, David Zippel, and he's known for being extremely clever in his writing. And he's had a, a huge impact on Broadway and musical theatre around the world. In 1989, his first big success was the unique score for City of Angels. And of course, he co wrote this. He wrote the lyrics, music by the legendary Cy Coleman. And of course, Cy Coleman has brought us shows such as Sweet Charity, Little Me. And Barnum. And uh, Cy Coleman was famous really for bringing jazz to Broadway in a new way. And he'd done that through his shows. And David Zippel, with his very funny and smart lyrics, kind of added to that in this really clever show, City of Angels, which ran on Broadway for more than two years. Opening in December 89. it ran for 879 performances. City of Angels was unique in its structure. It was rather than being a a show within a show, it was actually a film within a show and the music evoked that period sound of the 1940s Hollywood. Um, The score was quote hip swinging and sexy and that original Broadway cast had amazing people Greg Edelman, Dee Hote, Rachel York, James Norton, Carolee Carmelo, just a gorgeous uh, cast. And it was the Broadway debut for Randy Graff, who would go on, of course, to be in Les Miserables on Broadway and Greece. And in fact, Randy Graff won a Tony for her performance in City of Angels. It was nominated for 11 Tony Awards and won six, including Best Musical and Best Original Score for Cy Coleman, uh, who won the same two awards, Best Musical, Best Original Score, the following year for the Will Rogers Follies. The original London production of City of Angels was not as successful uh, in 1994 But there was a wonderful revival at the Donmar Warehouse back in 2014-15 with Hadley Fraser and Rosalie Craig, Peter Policarpo, Samantha Barks and Catherine Kelly all in the cast. And just before uh, lockdown, or in fact in the middle of lockdown in 2020, there was meant to be a brand new revival of the Donmar Warehouse production with um, Hadley Fraser reprising his role, along with incredible stars Vanessa Williams uh, uh, in this performance. And the show began and then had to close because of uh, lockdown. So um. I don't know if that will come back. I really hope it does, because I was very excited to try and go and see that show in the West End. David Zippel actually worked with some amazing composers. We've mentioned Cy Coleman, but he also worked with Marvin Hamlisch on the 1993 musical The Goodbye Girl, based on the 1977 film with Neil Simon's screenplay. And it ran on Broadway for 188 performances and 23 reviews. Um, Not a huge run. The original cast included Bernadette Peters and Martin Short making his Broadway debut. Uh, Then David Zippel worked with uh, the wonderful Alan Menken. And of course, Uh, This was on the Disney 1997 animated film of Hercules. And uh, what was wonderful about this, the song Go the Distance was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. And it was sung by Roger Bart, who did the voice of Hercules. And Roger Bart, of course, has gone on to do all kinds of roles. And in fact, I will be seeing him, fingers crossed, in a few weeks' time in the West End as Back to the Future, the musical, makes its official opening in the West End. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That was meant to have um, been on in Manchester. In fact, it did open in Manchester, uh, but I think it was only open for a few days last year before lockdown. In 2019, Roger Bart was in tryouts for... Hercules, the musical, based on the Disney film. And uh, tryouts, actually, were held in Central Park in New York. This time, Roger Bart played Hades rather than, of course, Hercules, that he'd done the voice for in the original film, along with uh, Jelani Aladdin, who played Hercules in this stage production. Of course, he was the original Christoph on Broadway, for Frozen. Uh, Also in this cast were Krista Rodriguez as Meg and James Monroe Iglehart, and I actually talk about him in the letter I podcast. Um, David Zippel has actually done a number of other projects with Disney including Hercules in 1998 where he wrote the lyrics with Matthew Wilder doing the music and again they were nominated for an Academy Award for the musical Lyrics for Mulan. Uh, in 2011, David Zippel wrote the lyrics to the song The Star-Spangled Man, this time for the Marvel film Captain America, The First Avenger. David Zippel has worked twice with Andrew Lloyd Webber, The first being, of course, The Woman in White back in 2004. And I talk about this with great love and passion, actually, in the Letter W podcast. The Woman in White is one of my favourite Lloyd Webber scores. And uh, he also has just finished working with Andrew Lloyd Webber on the brand new musical of Cinderella, which, fingers crossed, will open officially in August this year of 2021 um, having had to close and reopen several times over the last 12 months because of coronavirus. David Zippel worked in 2009 with the wonderful Liza Minnelli on her concert Liza's at the Palace and this was um, a month-long run uh, at the Palace in New York and this was Liza's return to Broadway after a 10 year gap actually and uh, audiences loved her and the fact that her singing voice and her range and her dancing were not what they had been didn't make any difference whatsoever to the people that wanted to see her. Critics were a bit harsh but actually she just still managed to show that she was a fantastic performer and of course she is. So that's David Zippel for you. Quite an interesting career and plenty yet to come, I'm sure. My first letter Z, musical theatre legend and icon, is the great Florence Ziegfeldt. Florence Ziegfeldt and, of course, the famous, lavish Ziegfeldt Follies, those incredible musical reviews that he produced over a series of years. In fact for 21 editions, he produced the Ziegfeld Follies. The greatest, or at least the most flamboyant of all early theater producers, Florence Ziegfeld actually lived and behaved like an extravagant king. So it came as no shock really that when he died, he was completely bankrupt because he'd spent all his money on that lifestyle. But he actually began searching for talent for musical theatre shows and specifically the 1893 Columbian Exposition. And he had his first review on Broadway in 1896. And his first Follies was in 1907. It was called Follies of 1907. And in fact, it wasn't until 1911 that they became known as the Ziegfeld Follies and they ran until 1957 21 editions they started out in Paris on a rooftop uh, called the Rooftop Jardin de Paris and they were such opulent shows so extravagant and and glamorous the Ziegfeld Follies had some incredible talented stars over the years including Eddie Cantor Will Rogers, W.C. Fields, and of course, famously, Fanny Bryce. And the story of the musical Funny Girl tells of Fanny Bryce in The Ziegfeld Follies. Uh, Ziegfeld was portrayed on screen a number of times, famously by William Powell in the film The Great Ziegfeld in 1936, and again by William Powell in The uh, Ziegfeld Follies, which was released in 1946 by MGM. And then again in the 1968 film adaptation of Funny Girl, uh, Ziegfeld was played by Walter Pigeon. Uh, there are a number of Zigfeld films, The Zigfeld Girl by uh, MGM in 1940 with Lana Turner, Hedy Lamarr, Judy Garland, and of course the uh, numbers were staged by Busby Berkeley. Uh, Florence Ziegfeld was married to an actress called Anna Held, who was described as the most desirable woman in New York. The world's greatest beauty. Uh, Wow. And then his second wife was Billy Burke, who we know famously as Glinda in the 1939 film of The Wizard of Oz. Um, in fact, Billy Burke was the daughter of Barnum and Bailey clown, Billy Burke. And after Florence Ziegfeld died in massive debt uh, in 1932, she worked full-time in Hollywood to pay off his debts. How amazing. The Ziegfeld Follies of 1919 was amongst the best of the series and introduced the song that became the theme for Ziegfeld Follies, A Pretty Girl Is Like a Melody. In this edition, the girls were dressed as salad ingredients and popular drinks and beverages such as lemonade, sarsaparilla and Coca-Cola. And uh, the music for this song, A Pretty Girl Is Like a Melody, music and lyrics, were written by Irving Berlin. As well as all these Ziegfeld follies, Florence Ziegfeld presented book musicals, including Sally in 1920, Rosalie in 1928, and the No Coward operetta, Bittersweet, in 1929. And actually, No Coward had written it with Gertrude Lawrence in mind, but unfortunately, Gertrude Lawrence's vocal range wasn't up to the job, and so The part went to Peggy Wood, and Peggy Wood, of course, ultimately would play Mother Abyss in the film of The Sound of Music in 1965. Uh, Probably the most famous and influential production that Ziegfeld was involved in was the 1927 Broadway production of Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein II's Showboat, Wow, what a great show to be uh, involved in. My next letter Z is American Star of Stage. Lots of TV and film. It's Chip Zine. Now, Chip Zine starred in 1979 in William Finn's In Trousers. And this was the first of the three falsetto stories and in fact chip zine was in all three in 79 he was in in trousers as marvin and then in 1981 and 1990 he played mendel in march of the falsettos and falsetto land and then in fact he reprised the role again when the shows were combined to make falsettos music and lyrics and book all by william finn And in fact, uh, Chip Zine has starred in another William Finn musical as well, off-Broadway, this one in 1998, A New Brain. And the cast included Mary Tester and Kristen Chenoweth, as well as Chip Zine. Probably uh, Chip is most famous, though, for originating the role of the baker in Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, And Chip Zine starred in the tryouts in San Diego in 1986 and then went to Broadway with the show originating the baker's role alongside the fabulous Joanna Gleason as the baker's wife. And of course, this was Stephen Sondheim, Music and Lyrics, with the book and direction by James Lapine. Just as an aside there, I saw... The 2019 off West End production of Falsettos by William Finn. Uh, this was the original London production with Daniel Boys and Laura Pulford, Oliver Savile, and Joel Montague, and they did an absolutely brilliant production. I really enjoyed that show. And Chip Zine has starred in so many other shows, including Grand Hotel, when he was a replacement for. Otto Kringlein. He's played Thénardier in Les Miserables. Uh, In 2002, he was in The Boys From Syracuse, which was the Richard Rodgers and Lorenz Hart musical from 1938, the original production. And in 2005, Chip Zine played Goran, one of the vulgarian spies on Broadway in the production of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And it was nice to see Chip Zine, actually, online during lockdown. He was in the Stars in the House into the Woods reunion celebrating um, Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday. So that is available for you to check out. Chip Zine. I'm very happy to mention, in my letter Z, Catherine Zeta-Jones, the Welsh actress who... uh, started dancing at a very young age and was in an early production of Annie. And then in 1983, she was at Tallulah in the West End in the Her Majesty's Theatre production of Bugsy Malone. This was based on the 1976 film Bugsy Malone by Alan Parker. And in fact, Alan Parker wrote the book for the new stage production. And the show used the music by Paul Williams from the film soundtrack. It ran in the West End for 300 performances. Now, famously, of course, legend has it that Catherine Seacher Jones got her big break when she was in the chorus of the 1987 production of 42nd Street at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane and she was the second understudy for Peggy Sawyer and of course the Peggy Sawyer role is the story of the girl who's the understudy that has to step in at the last minute and becomes a star well that's exactly what happened to Catherine Zeta-Jones she was understudy number two and for some reason the first uh, the, the lead and the first understudy were not available So she went in as Peggy Sawyer and one of the producers was in the audience and saw her and thought she was brilliant. And as a result, she was cast permanently in the role shortly afterwards. And that's how a star is made. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones in the early 90s became a TV darling in the UK in a show called The Darling Buds of May. And since then, her biggest musical uh, links have been, in 2002 of course, the film adaptation of Chicago. Well, I talk about this in my Letter C podcast, but um, the film had critical and financial success. Six Academy Awards, she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, uh, and of course Chicago, based on the 1975 Candor and Ebb musical. In 2009, she made her Broadway debut in the revival of Stephen Sondheim's A Little Night Music as Desiree Armfelt. Now, in fact, I had seen this production in the West End before it transferred to Broadway with Hannah Waddingham as Desiree Armfelt. And I've seen this show several times. And I have to say that Hannah Waddingham was the in my opinion, the definitive Desiree Armfeld. In fact, it was such a beautiful production. And it went to Broadway, and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones won a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical. And, of course, she starred in that production alongside the fabulous Angela Lansbury, playing the part of her mother, um, Madame Armfeld. Catherine Zeta-Jones... Now, we can't talk about Catherine Zeta-Jones and not also mention Renée Zellweger, another letter Z. Uh, Of course, she's a famous film actress with a huge number of movies behind her, including all those uh, wonderful romantic comedy films, Bridget Jones, uh, and the 1996 film Jerry Maguire, which kind of brought her to prominence, really. She's had two major... uh, dips into musicals, the first being in the 2002 film adaptation of Chicago, which we just mentioned because, of course, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Velma, Well, Renée Zellweger played Roxy Hart, and uh, the film was directed by Rob Marshall, and also Richard Gere was in this as Billy Flynn. Music and lyrics by Kanda and Ebb and Bob Fosse who directed and choreographed the original 1975 Broadway production of Chicago had always had a film version of it in mind so it'd be interesting to see what he made of it actually because they didn't use Bob Fosse's choreography in the film but it was hugely successful. Um, The second delve into musicals for Renee Zellweger was in 2019 in the movie biographical film of Judy Garland's last few months of her life. And it's actually based on a West End and Broadway play called End of the Rainbow. And this story sort of tells about the weeks leading up to uh, the death of Judy Garland in 1969. And the play itself was written by Peter Quilter, End of the Rainbow, and it premiered in August 2005 at the Sydney Opera House with Caroline O'Connor playing the Judy Garland role. And then it became uh, famously Tracy Bennett's role. Tracy Bennett played it at the Theatre Royal and Derngate in Northampton and then at the Trafalgar Studios in the West End. And of course, she just was incredible in that. I went to see her in London and was just blown away by Tracy Bennett's performance as Judy Garland. Uh, The film of uh, Judy with Renee Zellweger was uh, actually won her her Best Actress Academy Award as Judy Garland and she gives a really fine performance and it's her own vocals as Judy Garland as well. Uh, I think Renee Zellweger has done a fantastic job in this film and is a joy to watch. Okay, my next letter Z is American Stage and Television Performer Karen Ziemba. And I first came across Karen when I was watching the Carnegie Hall concert, my favourite Broadway, The Leading Ladies. This was back in 1998. And actually, this is a brilliant concert with some amazing performers, definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen it, it's available to watch. and uh, Karen Ziemba performs with Bibi Neweth in the song "Nowadays" from Chicago, and it was a brilliant performance. And straight away, at my eyes were drawn to Karen and her joy, the the love that she clearly has for performing in musical theatre. You can see it in her. Uh, also, just out of interest, in that concert is a very young Anna Kendrick. And I remember also being fascinated by her performance. She um, sings the song Life Upon the Wicked Stage from Showboat uh, by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein II. Uh, Always a favourite song of mine, actually, from that show. But she does it in such a unique way. Um, Joined by a chorus of Kit Kat Club girls from the... Uh, revival production of Cabaret that was on at the time. Uh, this young Anna Kendrick singing brilliantly. So again, definitely worth, che- worth checking out. So of course, by the time I saw this 1998 concert, Karen Ziember had already had a huge career off and on Broadway. Uh, she made her debut in New York in 1981. And actually uh, for the first few years, was taking on replacement roles. So she replaced uh, Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street in 1983. She replaced Diana Morales in A Chorus Line in 82 and again in 88. And Ziemba was first noticed by the press, the critics and the audiences really in March 1991 when she was in the Off-Broadway review and the world goes round. And this showcased the songs of Kanda and Ebb. And actually it wouldn't be the only time that she would work with Kanda and Ebb. This show was described as, quote, an unexpected delight, unquote. And she starred alongside Robert Cuccioli, who of course had only just had success originating the dual roles of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In uh, Frank Wildhorn and Leslie Bricusse's *Jekyll and Hyde*, just the year before, actually in 1990, Karen Ziemba stayed with *And the World Goes Round* and toured with it, and then throughout the 1990s was in a huge raft of shows, including the 1991 revival of Frank Lesser's *The Most Happy Fella* on Broadway. She also did. 110 in the shade in 1992 that was the musical by harvey schmidt and tom jones uh, who'd written of course the fantastics she was in i do i do in 1996 and then in 95 she played polly baker replacing polly baker in crazy for you and roxy Hart, of course in 98 in chicago um In 1997, she starred in another Kander and Ebb musical, this time as the marathon dancer Rita Racine in the show Steel Pier. Now, this show actually ran for only 76 performances. It had 33 previews and 76 performances. Um, Although Karen was nominated for Best Actress in a Musical in spite of the fact it was such a short run. Kristen Chenoweth made her Broadway debut in Steel Pier as well. In 2000, Karen Ziembo won a Tony for Best Featured Actress in a Musical in Contact. And I have to be honest and say, I'd never heard of this show until I was doing my research. Um, it was on at the Lincoln Center Theater in New York. And it was a musical dance play developed by Susan Stroman and John Wideman. And it actually won four out of its seven Tony nominations. Uh, You'd say, I suppose, it was uh, three separate dance pieces. And Boyd Gaines starred with uh, Karen in this production. And in fact, he won Best Featured Actor in a Musical Tony Award as well. Uh, I saw Boyd Gaines in the production, Patty LaPone production of Gypsy on Broadway. Uh, he played Herbie alongside her, Mama Rose. And of course, because her performance was so stunning and uh, Laura Benanti, of course, was the amazing um, Gypsy as well in that show. I can't really remember much about Boyd Gaines' performance. I know that sounds awful, but uh, I think he was overshadowed, certainly, by those two absolute gems of theatre. In 2007, Karen Ziemba starred alongside Deborah Monk and David Hyde Pierce in Kandra and Ebb's new musical, Curtains, which is... Um, a sort of a a backstage murder mystery play, if you like, a musical comedy uh, with this character, Lieutenant Frank Chioffi, who the critic Ben Brantley described as, quote, the best damn musical theatre character since Mama Rose in Gypsy and the best role of David Hyde Pierce's career, unquote. Wow. Wow. Well I saw this show, it was um, not on Broadway with David Hyde Pierce, it was a UK touring production with the British comedian Jason Manford in this role alongside the fabulous Rebecca Locke and that was in 2019. I enjoyed this show but I have to say I I didn't love it and whilst Ben Brantley was uh, singing out loud about this character, um, yeah I thought it was good, I, I didn't. It didn't really blow me away, as many other Kandra and Ebb musicals have, but David Hyde-Pierce won a Tony Award for his performance as Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Musical in Curtains, and Karen Ziemba was nominated for her fourth Tony Award. Uh, Karen's gone on to be in Hello, Dolly!, and Bullets Over Broadway, the musical adaptation of Woody Allen's 1994 film. And she is a very, very talented uh, Broadway musical theatre star. She spent most of the time since then on television. And I look forward to seeing what she does next in musical theatre. Karen Ziemba, My next letter Z musical is the 1968 Broadway musical Zorba. And I have to be really honest and say, I don't know much about this show. I've never seen it. I haven't seen the original 1964 film that it was based upon. And, shockingly, I didn't realise that the musical lyrics were by Kanda and Ebb. How did I not know that? I really don't understand. But anyway... The 1968 Broadway show ran for 305 performances. So yes, it was based on the 1964 film that starred Anthony Quinn, but that was based on a 1946 novel also called Zorba the Greek. Uh, the 68 Broadway musical was directed by Hal Prince, produced and directed with choreography by Ron Field. So some great names involved in this production. The cast had Herschel Bernardi as Zorba and he was nominated for a Tony Award for his performance as Best Leading Actor in a Musical. And he was joined by Maria Karnilova as Madame Hortense and she was also nominated for Best Actress in a Musical. Now Maria Kornilova, she actually won a Tony in 1964 as a Golder in the original Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof and she starred with Zero Mostel as uh, as um, Tevye uh, Maria Carnilova also was the original Tessitura on Broadway in Gypsy and she's had quite a career on Broadway. She was in the 1973 production of Gigi, and she was in the film musical of the unsinkable Molly Brown in 1964, uh, Maria Carnilova. So just as a side, there were eight Tony nominations for Zorba and only one win went for Best Scenic Design for Boris Aronson. Now, he's won six Tony Awards for his scenic designs over the years, including Pacific Overtures, Follies, Company, and Cabaret, the original Cabaret. Now, also uh, nominated for a Tony for Zorba was the costume designer Patricia Ziprot. Now, Patricia Zitrot has had the most incredible uh, number of awards for her costume designs over the years. She was nominated for Zorba, Pippin in 1973, Mac and Mabel, Chicago, the original Chicago, Alice in Wonderland in 1983, Sunday in the Park with George, uh, and she won for the 1965 original Fiddle on the Roof uh, costume design. She won for the original Cabaret, and she also won in 1986 Best Costume Design for the revival of Sweet Charity. Uh, so Patricia Ziprot, she's, she's done an amazing amount of work during her career, and she's a Letter Z now, going back to Zorba, Zorba had a revival in 1983, and amazingly, Anthony Quinn, who'd been in the original film, starred in the lead role, uh, joined by Leela Kedrova this time, and uh, it ran for 362 performances, Uh Apparently, the original production was considered to be so dark, and uh, apparently, life is what you do while you're waiting to die, is the central theme for Zorba. So uh, it seems a bit grim. But there you go Zorba, the musical, and the film. I want to mention Jerry Zax, the American stage director and performer Uh, when you look at the list of credits against his name it's like a who's who directory all these amazing shows that he's been involved in Um, he started as an actor, made his Broadway debut actually in the original production of Grease as Kenickie and he's worked off Broadway, off off Broadway his first directorial work was off off in 1976, and his director work has been so uh, nominated and awarded, it's phenomenal, really. Um, He worked on Lend Me a Tenor, where he won the Tony Award for Best Director of the Play, The Man Who Came to Dinner. Uh, his biggest successes maybe would be with Anything Goes in 1987, where he was nominated for a Tony for Best Director, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum Tony nomination, Smokey Joe's Café. For me, probably the biggest show that I associate with him would have been the 1992 revival of Guys and Dolls, that phenomenal production with Nathan Lane, Peter Gallagher, Faith Prince. And also, new works in 1991. He directed Assassins, the Stephen Sondheim musical, uh, The Civil War, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, La Cage aux Fonds, A Bronze Tale, Sister Act. He's done them all. And in 2017, he directed the now famous revival of Hello Dolly with Bette Midler. And uh, he was nominated for Best Director for that show. Uh, Hello Dolly, did win the Outstanding Revival of a Musical Tony Award that year. Phenomenal list of credits for Jerry Zax. Now, those of you that love musicals will be aware, I'm sure, of Craig Zadan, another letter Z, with a phenomenal list of credits to his name. As an American producer mostly and executive producer and he worked with neil marron and they basically have such a love for musicals that they have spent their careers bringing musicals to the screen whether it be the film screen or the tv screen and uh, including such films as footloose in 1984 and Chicago, the hugely successful 2002 Miramax film. Uh, The Music Man, 2003 uh, TV film adaptation with Matthew Broderick and Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, The 2007 hit film, Hairspray, and uh, also the Smash TV series, Smash. Um, which they worked on producing and executive producing, they also worked back in nineteen ninety three on bringing Gypsy to the screen with Bette Midler, and that was actually my first introduction introduction to, um, Gypsy. So I appreciate that. Uh, Craig Zidane and Neil Maron brought us the nineteen ninety nine, uh, film version of Annie. And the live TV productions of recent years, The Sound of Music live with Carrie Underwood, Peter Pan live, The Wiz live, Hairspray live and Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert in 2018. Sadly, Craig Zidane died in 2018 and his loss is huge because of his love and passion for bringing musicals and musical theatre to bigger audiences. The company that he set up with his uh, partner, Neil Maron continues, Storyline Entertainment, and, and Neil Maron continues to work and develop that. So huge appreciation for Craig Zadan. My final Letter Z musical is based on the story of the legendary hero, Zorro. And this was a West End 2008 musical with music by the Gypsy Kings. And it has this wonderful sort of flamenco-based score that the critics described as great fun. It got very positive reviews when it opened in the West End. It had had a trial-run tour, which had been successful Then it opened in July of 2008 at the Garrick Theatre in the West End. And it had in the cast the wonderful Matt Rawl. Now, Matt Rawl played the lead role of Zorro, whose character's name really is Diego de la Vega. And Matt Rawl was nominated for a Laurence Olivier Award for Best Actor in a musical that year. I absolutely love Matt Raw and have seen him in many shows over the years. The first time I saw Matt Raw was back in 1996. He originated the role of Martin Gare in the and Schoenberg musical. And of course, anybody that knows me knows that I absolutely love this show. I love the score. I love uh, the story and the production in my mind was phenomenal I absolutely loved it and so if there's anybody out there who has any influence whatsoever in musicals that are coming in the future please can we have a revival of Martin Gere I know my friend Denise would be thrilled because uh, she and I would try and sing the songs from this score in her house and uh, she has a lovely singing voice and mine is dreadful so you can just imagine the caterwauling that was going on in her house back in the late 90s anyway um Matt Rawl I saw him twice actually as Martin Gare I then saw him at the Adelphi Theatre in the West End in the revival in 2007 of Evita he played Che, che Guevara and again he was just phenomenal uh The same year I saw him on tour in Aspects of Love, which I tend to call Aspects of Shite, but I don't really think I should have told you that. Um, Then I saw Matt Rawl as the leading player in Pippin in that crazy production I saw at the Menier Chocolate Factory in 2012. Uh, It took me a while to get my head around that show because I didn't know it at that point and it has become one of my... Uh, favourites and I will be going to see this in a couple of weeks actually, the revival at the Charing Cross Theatre which I'm very excited about and it's getting great reviews. Then I saw Matt Roll as Clifford in the 2012 touring production of Cabaret as well as seeing him as Billy Crocker in 2015 in the tour of Anything Goes with Debbie Currup as reno sweeney and i just think uh, matt roll is incredibly talented he's a fantastic performer and singer and i look forward to seeing him again uh, hopefully in the near future so zorro had matt roll but it also had the incredible emma williams who of course i've talked about many times already uh, throughout my a to z she played louisa and leslie margarita Played Inez, and she actually won a Best Performer in a Supporting Role in a Musical Olivier award that year. The show had five Olivier nominations, and Leslie Margarita uh, was the one winner from Zorro. The uh, show then had productions around the world, and uh, it ran actually in the West End for nine months to very positive reviews, really. In February of 2020, so not that long ago, a new concert version was staged as a one night only at the Cadogan Hall in London uh, with some new compositions. And Leslie Margarita and Emma Williams were able to reprise their roles in that one-off concert. And just before the world went crazy with coronavirus, the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester, one of my favourite venues, had a new immersive production all ready and glowing to start with a cast including Anthony Costa, uh, Benjamin Perkis, Emma Kingston and Genevieve Nicole, as Inez. In fact, Genevieve Nicole is going to be in Pippin when I see it in a few weeks. So the show, uh, unfortunately, the Hope Mill Theatre production had to stop and uh, it was... um, it was devastating for, not just for that theatre, but for the theatre world of course, when all the theatres and, and shows had to close. But now we're seeing a positivity and shows are reopening, not just in the West End but around the UK and on Broadway soon and around the world. So fingers crossed that the, uh, the theatre world is back on its feet and I certainly will continue to support as much as I possibly can I've really, really missed seeing uh, live shows. And uh, actually, I won't call it live shows because somebody told me on Twitter what I really mean is in-person shows because there have been a lot of live streamed performances online, which is true, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching so many of those. So there you go. That's my final show with my final letter of the alphabet. The letter Z, the show Zorro. And that brings me to the last section of the podcast. And so here's my final, Who've We Missed? That section of the show where I always think, Who've We Missed? Beginning with that letter. So beginning with the letter Z, we've missed a few. We've missed Vera Zarina. Now, she was a famous stage, film and TV actress, but mostly known as a world-renowned ballet dancer. And she was spotted by the famous American film producer Samuel Goldwyn when he saw her in a production in the West End, actually, of On Your Toes, the 1937 musical. And uh, Sam Goldwyn brought Vera Zarina back to Hollywood, and she then featured in a number of Hollywood musical films, including... The Goldwyn Follies in 1938, Star Spangled Rhythm in 1942, and Follow the Boys in 1944. And famously, she was married to the choreographic genius George Balanchine, and he worked on those films with Vera Zarina. I've not talked about the wonderful Lee Zimmerman. Now, Lee Zimmerman is a West End actress and dancer. She is Amazing. I've seen her in a few shows. I saw her in The Producers in 2005 as Ulla at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. I also saw her actually as Velma Kelly during the run at the Adelphi Theatre in the West End of Chicago in 2001. And I saw her a number of times actually as Sheila in the West End revival of a chorus line that was on at the London Palladium. In 2013. And we haven't talked about Zendaya, the American actress and singer and TV star. She actually started out on the Disney Channel and then was a contestant in 2013 on Dancing with the Stars, which is the American version of Strictly Come Dancing. And most famously, of course, in 2017, Zendaya starred in the hugely successful film The Greatest Showman, with Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams and Zac Efron, and she played the trapeze artist singing with Zac Efron the song Rewrite the Stars. And finally, we haven't talked about the musical Zana don't, not Zana do, Zana don't. A musical fairy tale. This was an off-Broadway show in two thousand and three that actually got a very positive response, and it's set in the world where most people are homosexual, and the minority are heterosexual, and heterophobia, rather than homophobia, exists. Uh sounds really interesting, actually. Music and lyrics by Tim Aceto and Alexander Dinalaris. I don't know if I've pronounced that well. Um, the show did have a West End production in 2009, Zanadont, Don't. And that, my friends, is the end of my A to Z of musicals. I've gone on a journey, I suppose, from the beginning of the alphabet to the end Thinking about all those people, the creatives, the performers, the composers, the costume designers uh, at the shows, whether it be a stage or a film musical, beginning with those letters. I've really enjoyed actually delving into this world. But that's the end of the A to Z, so I'm going to take a summer break now. Um, I just want to say two final thank yous. One to my lovely friend Nancy in America I know that Nancy's listened to every single episode and gives me really helpful and supportive feedback. But also, she has uh, tried really, really hard to get me to enjoy and listen to the score of Camelot. Well, Nancy, I can tell you that I am starting to really appreciate the music for that show and hope one day I get to see a really great production of Camelot. And thank you, Nancy, for your ideas on things that I might be able to do next on the podcast. And my final thank you is to Jean-Paul Yovanov, And Jean-Paul is the creator and um, manager, I suppose, of Musical Theatre Radio, the online musical theatre radio station. And every Wednesday, I have a radio show based on this podcast, actually, where... I talk a little bit, but then play real songs from the shows going through the alphabet. So if you're ever interested, uh, John Paul Jovanov's wonderful musical theatre radio station is a great uh, musical theatre heaven, so check it out. So thank you for listening, and have a great summer, stay safe, and until next time, have a Doris Day.